Welcome back to the Dare to Dream podcast. This is episode number 51, and my name is Gregory Russell Benedict. And I am Vincent Van Patten. And this is a podcast that's all about what might be and who you could become when you have the courage to follow your dreams. Mm. And today we have the pleasure of sitting down with Zach Montoya and Braden James, better known as Science, two dudes who met in a science class and now make electronic bangers for the world to hear. We went to college with these two guys, and we have watched them grow from a sputtering Bunsen burner to a full-blown EDM volcano with a top song with 12 million listens on Spotify. Welcome to the show, guys. Welcome, gentlemen. What's up? Yo. <laughs> How are we doing? Tell us where you are, what you're doing right now. Yeah. Does it have to do with music? We're, um, we're in our studio at my house. This is Zach speaking in Westwood, which is like in LA. We're just making bangers, as you said, all day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> So let's start, yeah. take it from the top. Tell us about that initial science class experience and how you guys got into this. Yeah, uh, so we met our freshman year. It was actually, I think it was my second class. I don't know, it was Brady's first class. But uh, we went. We had a chemistry class together and we like randomly sat at the same table. Um, and uh, we pretty much just from there became friends ended up uh, hanging out. Our dorms are really close as well, so we ended up kind of just having mutual friends through that and kind of just fell in love with the same type of music growing up and kind of connected on that front and ended up just, uh, you know, becoming really close and, and talking about music nonstop. Yeah, and I'll add some stuff to that. So Zach got that like 85%, right? The way we technically first met was we studied for the final together because I, we had a mutual friend um that was in my dorm that was like hey my buddy wants to study with us you down i was like sure and what happened was it was like one of the ent entry level chemistry courses and we found out that like the final was publicly available online like literally the exact one because for some reason the teacher every single year for multiple years just would do the same final same questions same answers no numbers changing or anything Perfect. so we we studied this little final with literally all the answers for like a day or two. And then because it was like not that intensive, we just obviously shot the shit and like talked a bunch of other stuff. And that was when we realized we had like a lot of similar tastes in music and like, like socializing and going out and stuff. And then even once the final was done, then like, okay, now we've got to keep hanging out. That was a good time. So that was, that was a fun little tidbit of information about the first class. Here in <laughs> like got the final. I guess it's cheating. I don't know. Whatever. We don't use it now. So yeah, Brandon says I got that 85% right because I don't really remember 10 years ago how we met, to be honest. Like, I just, like, we had so much shit going on. Like, I don't, I couldn't remember if I met him then or if it was earlier. I'm sure I knew who he was before that moment, but yeah. Basically, gotcha. we like to say simplistically, we met in a science class, which is technically <laughs> what happened. I like it. We'll keep it simple. So, you guys met, you guys are hanging out, studying for this test and you're listening to music, I'm assuming, how has your music taste changed from that initial meeting to what you guys are producing and putting out now? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty dramatically different. I mean, as I said, it was literally 10 years ago. So just the entire landscape of what music existed and what was cool and what was like even fathomable to make was just so different. I think uh, going into college, I was really into sort of more like indie music, indie electronic music, bands like Passion Pit and MGMT and stuff like that. Um, we both had a really big passion when we were younger and like pretty much to this day for bands like Blink-182 and kind of just more like definitely pop adjacent music, but in tons of various forms and genres. And I think back then 
we weren't really like even focused on you know working on like a band together necessarily it was kind of more just like i had just started producing music kind of more seriously and getting into some of the programs that i was using back then which isn't even how we make music to this day but um i was kind of just doing it in my free time and brayden would come over and we'd hang out and like he would look into you know stuff i was making but it wasn't really what he was focused on uh and then he kind of started djing for his fraternity and just random things and it was sort of just like separate he was sort of doing that and getting better at that focusing on that i was focusing on making music and getting better at just like being you know artistic in general in that sense and uh it wasn't until i think it was our Fourth, third year, fourth year, the third year, um, ish. Well, we went to Coachella together, uh, our third year, and uh, we we actually saw we were at a a Zed performance. It was right after Zed had played, and we were kind of just like, damn, like that was so cool. Like it would be so sick to have a career or a job where that's what you like. Whatever you need to do to make that be part of your life and to get paid to do it, we should try to do that because you know you DJ, I produce. Um, and then from there, we just both sort of started to get obsessed with everything. Like he started to get more involved production wise. I started getting more involved DJ wise. Uh, and you know, it just kind of, you know, snowballed from there to where we are now. Yeah. I got a little bit, um, not necessarily as much for Zach, but for me, like the music taste thing changed pretty drastically almost by accident. Like I was a heavy rock person and like, and in the pop punk kind of like punk space, like that was like all I listened to all day, every day. Um, Blink-182, obviously, Zach mentioned, was, like, what we had a lot of things in common with, like, that kind of genre. And then I just loved, like, all things Tom DeLonge from that band. And then because um, of my love for that music when I was in high school, I played drums in a band, actually, with my brother Lucas, who you guys know uh, very well. And we played some shows and stuff, and that was when I kind of got, like, obsessed with performing and things like that. And then when you get to college, it's like I wanted to and was actively seeking some way to keep doing that. But you can't bring your drums to your dorm. That's totally not allowed. Um, rent a drum set once a month out, like, literally past downtown. So I'd have to, like, and this is before Uber. I'd have to take a bus downtown once a month to go play drums. <laughs> like, it got it was really inconvenient. Like, no one wanted to form a band. There weren't really people that could. Also, like, how would you rehearse or practice? Like, there's no – I didn't have my kit. So, like, because of that, I just naturally was like, how the hell can I, like, keep doing what I was doing in a way that works in college? And so Zach started teaching me production. But – it didn't like resonate with me at first. I was like, ah, it's just not the same. Like, I don't really understand. We weren't really making electronic. We were making almost like Blink-182 knockoff music in electronic software at, for, at first. Then I like discovered dubstep and stuff like that. I thought that was interesting, but it was when I joined the fraternity, which was where we met, where I met guys like Sheldon and Quinn Donahue and Dylan Katz, Robert Pulford, Travis Moulter, that all introduced me to DJing. And that, that was when my music taste started to really change because I started to see there's this totally other thing I didn't realize existed where I can perform, I can play music I like, I got more into that music, and then Zach really helped me on the production side and making me realize, oh shit, we can also make this and then combine the two. So that it changed for me, at least completely on accident. Um, I think Zach got into it much earlier than I did, and he also did a great job getting me more into it by introducing me to all sorts of artists and stuff. So it was kind of a weird thing like that. Yeah, I didn't really answer the question when I had my part, but I specifically was like, I guess I just went from liking more indie music to like really falling in love with electronic music. I'd say pretty much our fresh end of freshman year of college might have been like slightly before Braden got into it. And I was I initially was really into guys like Porter Robinson and Maddion and Skrillex and Dead Mouse and like all the guys who were popping off in 2012, 2013, like that area. 
So uh, I think that sort of helped cement our sound to this day as well because pretty much whatever you get into when you first start, I think that has such a big impact on what you end up making. So even though I wouldn't necessarily say we make music like any of those guys in terms of the genre, you can hear a little bit of all that stuff in what, everything we make to this day. Hell yeah, boys. That's epic story. And what did it feel like? So you see that first show together, you're at Coachella, and you look at each other and like, damn, like, can we actually, you know, one day get up there? Or like, how is, I'm just wondering about like the imposter syndrome, you know, your first few couple of shows, what did it feel like getting into this kind of newer space of music? And did you believe that you could really be like a, a driving force in, in kind of bringing it to the surface? For myself, I, I've always felt pretty strongly from like the moment I got, like once I started to get where I felt like I was getting better at producing music, like once I was kind of like more confident in myself, when I, I mean, there weren't that many people who produced music in our college town and slow. So all the people I was networking with that did, once I started to feel like I was just getting better than them and felt like I knew a lot of stuff, I just started to get more confident that if I kept pushing myself to produce day in and day out, that I would just get good enough to make a career out of it in some way. And I think like combining with Braden, I mean, our first like two years of science you know, like we wanted to make something, but we just had no idea what we were doing. Like we didn't understand the industry. We didn't understand like what it took, like what things to focus on. I don't even think we really had like social media for the first like two years of us making music together or it was very basic. Um, so I think, you know, there comes a point where you just sort of get confident in what you're capable of doing as an artist. And I think everyone just has to sort of make the decision at some point, like, you know, I'm no longer an imposter. I'm going to do this and like, I'm going to, you know, have success in it. And you just got to kind of go for it. And that's sort of, I think I was pretty much there by like my third or fourth year of college. Bray, I don't know, it might have taken him a little longer, but by the time we were together doing it for a certain amount of time, it just started to feel more and more legit as time went on. And once you start hitting certain road roadblocks and passing through them and certain milestones, it starts to feel closer and closer within grasp. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you can always, you should always have that like big aspirational dream of like making it in quotes or whatever. Um, what kept me going was just little wins though. Like the first, the very first time I heard Zach make like a finished song, I thought it was so dope. So like that was the first little win for me and like believing in it. I was like, holy shit, mm. that's so cool. Looking back, it's not, it wasn't that great. But like at the time, like I had never even seen anyone make a song. So I was like, this is insane. And obviously we've gotten better. So I think if you, if you take the little wins in stride and keep your eyes on the prize as well, that's what kind of keeps you motivated. So I never really viewed it as like this. I was never like worried we wouldn't make it because I was always more worried about like the little stuff first. Like when are we going to get our first thousand followers or when are we going to sign with our dream late, like one of our dream labels or when are we going to play a show with an act we like, like all those little things kind of fuel the fire and keep you motivated versus like, oh, I still haven't made it. Yet. I still haven't made it yet. Like if you, I think if you think like that, you're going to have a hard time, especially if you realize how much how many little wins it takes to get to the big win most of the time i think that would probably keep people away from it but if you're almost like ignorant to that and you're like fuck it like just keep getting little wins and it'll get there that's what keeps you motivated so focus on what you have control over and realize it's a process and that's kind of how i viewed it and how i stayed motivated yeah i uh i was just gonna add because i i always talk about this because i teach a lot of music production uh online right now as well and I have a lot of students. And one of the things I always say to focus on is that if you're not having fun, like doing it, 
like you're never going to have fun once you've made it in quotes, right? Like if it's not exciting every day executing what it takes to quote make it, then even if you make it, it's just going to be you're just moving the goalpost. And that's how even friend people we're friends with who are way more successful than us, technically like successful, they're not satisfied. Like no one is satisfied even if you headline Coachella, like it's not like you're all of a sudden like, well, I guess I'll do something different now. You just want to keep doing more and more and and expand and expand. So I would just say that like it's all about the journey for sure. And as long as you're having fun and excited by the journey, like the destination doesn't really matter. That's sort of like the the I guess uh analogy you can talk say quote me on that. That's a hell of a quote. No, I love that. And that's something we like just harp on so much is if you're not loving what you're doing day in and day out, like there's no there's no destination to reach. All it is is one step after the other. And if you're not enjoying each step, you should probably do something else because that's that's all yeah. it is when you get there it's never gonna be what you expect exactly and you're just not gonna do your best work if you're not so passionate about something that it doesn't feel like work like if, if you're having to like figure out things to make whatever you're doing better that isn't you're not like super intensely passionate about that natural flow of of like energy you need to make something that's super awesome and super you know one of a kind I just don't think it'll you'll it'll be there. You'll have to get really lucky, basically, you know. And that really goes for anything. Like every story I've ever read about anyone who's successful in anything, there was a giant moment of time where they were just really obsessed with whatever they were doing to the point where it wasn't even work. They were just like doing what they're supposed to be doing, and then it eventually worked out in some way, you know. Absolutely, and it's the quote-unquote making it. That's different to everyone. Everyone has a different definition of what that means, and it's like you said, the goalpost that keeps on moving. So one question that comes up for me is, are you guys both pursuing music full-time? Do you still have a side gig? What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, we're 100%, like the goal in our lives is to make science our full-time gig that we you know, completely are sustained from just science. Uh, it, it's a lot of work in the music industry, even like guys that are and gals that are successful like quote in like social media or lots of streams lots of plays play shows you know you got to make a lot of money in order to sustain a whole team of people right i mean it's not just me and brayden which already kind of splits everything in half but we've also got a full team with like managers and agents and stuff like that so by the time you dilute it all down um it you you really it's difficult and and i think we kind of have to have essentially side gigs now um things that we do and we also just have different passions as well like i know brayden i mean he'll speak for himself but like for me i really like teaching i like you know um explaining music production and and teaching people mixing and also mixing and mastering for other artists so like touching other people's music that isn't my own that i haven't like slaved away on the composition and probably you know jaded myself a bit like it's it's nice to have that outlet creatively so I think we'll always do other things outside of science, but obviously like the forefront of our goal right now is to get to the point where science is like our main thing that we're not only known for, but that um, we wake up and do day in and day out. Um, and we're getting closer and closer by, by the day. It's hopefully only a matter of time now that that switch happens for us. Yeah, and so um, Zach, as Zach mentioned, he teaches. I also have a full-time job as well. I work in tech in sales and what's fortunate for me is that the two you know one being tech one being science pretty much fit together like a puzzle piece like they don't really conflict shows are always on weekends studio and music times almost entirely at night or on weekends as well so it's like really easy to balance and what's good about having like a like a 
a stable job is you can generate like income and revenue that goes towards science. Like we invest a lot of our money back in, in some way, shape or form or used to, I, I would say now a lot more of science's revenue is going back in because we've started making more money from it, which is nice. Um, but historically it's been entirely our personal job money getting funneled in. Right. So there are some artists out there that like, you know, they, they give up everything. They go live on a couch and eat top ramen every day. And like, if that's your thing, go for it. I think me and Zach both really want financial stability. We want good mental health. We want good sleep. Like we, we believe in comfort as like almost a fuel to our fire creatively. So we, we prioritize making sure that we're comfortable where we're supposed to be comfortable. And then the rest of our energy goes towards our passion. And then over time, you know, one will probably, it will, it will overtake the other and then we can do whatever we want with that. And maybe that becomes just full time, or maybe we're doing that. Plus maybe we're still teaching people on the side or who, I don't know. But, uh, I mean, the goal is to definitely be musicians full time for sure. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think ultimately it's just as long as we can be our own bosses in the creative world, like that's probably all we really care about. So mm -hmm. right now that looks like it's going to be science. Um, and it definitely will be a part, a huge part of it, but who knows what else we'll get into down the road, um, in the future. Can't, you know, tour when you're 60, I guess you could, but <laughs> what's dope about your guys and your story. And obviously you guys are smart dudes. So like you're playing this strategically, you know, like this gives you more, what I see more joy than anything else and true meaning in your life. But, you know, you also realize that it takes time. It takes a lot of effort and something that we keep, um, continuing to talk about is just in our journeys too, is just not feeling like you have to perfect the craft before throwing your hat in the ring. So, you know, you guys started not really knowing, you know, the entire plan of what you're going to be doing, but you just got started. And then just as time goes on, the snowball just starts rolling. And, you know, there's this perception that, you know, overnight success, you guys knew exactly what you were doing. You hit, you know, one song blew up 12 million followers but you've been grinding this whole time and there's still a long way to go. And you do have to have a sincere love for the journey to get through those, you know, those tough times too. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I don't really believe in overnight success. I just don't think that exists period, especially in music. I think that it can be perceived that way because someone doesn't know about someone and then they look them up and they're huge and they're like, Oh, what the hell? They're overnight success. But I can't I can't name a single example where like legitimately someone who didn't work their ass off for multiple years like was just all of a sudden famous unless they were I guess like born into it I guess like if you're born into a family you probably are just already kind of famous but that's not really the music industry um even like people like Maddion is a good example he was super young when he started to see success but he had been making music since he was like 12 and then got success when he was 15 so it's like that's still three years of grinding and making tracks and you know there is luck involved like and there's talent involved and just like being in the right place in the right time but that's just how life is and that's how anything is so it's kind of a wash in my opinion I think the only common thread is that people who are super passionate and do it without any guarantee or financial success and do it really aggressively and, and really passionately. Uh, and eventually if they keep at it, things get better and better and better. And we're a living case of that too. Like if we could look at what's happening right now for science, when we first started, we would, it would have been like a guarantee, like, Oh yeah, then we're definitely going to pursue this. But we had no idea if we were going to actually make it or not. It was more just like a feeling, I guess. And uh, it's paying off, but it's because we've been grinding, uh, thinking about science all day, every day for many years. And that's just kind of the, the kind of passion I think it takes to be successful nowadays in general. Mm -hmm. 
and a lot of people view overnight success as more common now because of TikTok. Like people go viral and then all of a sudden they're big. But it's like I think people don't realize how much work it took to get even to that viral moment. Because like if you go viral for a song, like it's not like that was your first song you ever made and all of a sudden you're viral. Unless it's like going viral ironically, then maybe. But like the ones that are going viral because people love them, like they've probably put out tons of songs before. Maybe they've even had multiple projects that failed and they would like rebranded or something. So it takes a lot. And honestly, you learn most from your failures typically. And that's what kind of crafts your direction and helps you kind of avoid certain things and pursue others maybe in your in your direction. So that's that's TikTok starting to make it seem more likely that overnight success is possible. But in reality, people probably worked for years towards that. So another thing I want to point out. Yeah, I mean, we couldn't agree with that more. It's the years of doing the work, putting the work in and just experimenting, failing, learning, iterating, improving. And then once you're ready, then someone discovers you and it looks as if this is the beginning, but you've been putting in the hours. And I would love to just dig into that a little more and ask about what are some of the biggest challenges you guys have faced along the way? And if there were any moments when you guys looked at each other and questioned, is this it? Yeah, I guess for the first part of that, I think one of the biggest frustrations we continue to have to this day, me and Brain are both very similar in the sense that we both have like business background and we both have engineering backgrounds and we both have like an acute like desire to understand kind of all the details and and what um in any situation kind of what what are all the factors that are contributing to it you know, the, the, that situation either happening or not happening. And that is just like the exact opposite of how the music industry runs. Like in the music industry, the people at the very, very highest levels take like six weeks to get back to you and they'll send you like one sentence with no punctuation that doesn't make any sense. So it's like, that's just sort of something we've had to learn to get more okay with. And I think um, we're also just super passionate about not only science, but just, you know, our commitment to this. And I think we, you know, we strive for the best outcomes all the time. And when those outcomes don't happen necessarily as quickly as we want, it can be frustrating because you see other people or other you know artists that you compare yourself to having certain successes and it kind of fuels you to to have that same success um and when you compare it to yourself and you you know you view that what you're doing is is either similar or even sometimes better or like cooler or more fun or whatever um and you don't see that same level of um i guess acceptance it can definitely be frustrating and i'd say that was more so earlier on when i don't think we really were ready and didn't really have the artistic vision and the talent to necessarily do what we're doing now. Um, I think we finally kind of crossed a barrier creatively maybe like two years ago where it started to like really click and we just started to actually create something that's, you know, that's dope. Um, and now I'm very confident and I think, you know, our, our whole team and, and even like our fans are more confident because we get, we you know, we've, this is actually the last like six months has probably been like our the most growth we've ever had of our fan base um, in terms of like the amount of people following us on social media and on Spotify and our streams and just in general, I feel like we're starting to kind of move forward and you know, it, it just took forever to get there. And it was really frustrating at first because there's just so much you don't know in the music industry until you experience it or until someone who does know comes in and is like, yo, this is how it is, or this is what's going on. Um, and that was definitely hard at the beginning stages. And, you know, it's still, still is frustrating. Like me, me and Brandon will be like, 
we'll respond to an email at 11:45 p.m. at night if we're awake that's super well thought out and like long and like no one responds quickly in the music industry it takes forever to get people to get back to you even for things that you feel like have such a significant impact on your could have such a significant impact on your career so we want it to be like okay like what's the answer what's happening and it just unfortunately you know kind of prolongs the uh the process but um yeah i'd say there's the two biggest challenges I think we've faced besides that uh, early on was just like creative differences and I don't want to call it creative control, but like, you know, we're two people trying to represent one brand, right? Like, it's not like we're both releasing songs like this is Braden stuff, this is Zach stuff. So like you have to both agree on so many little things that people don't realize, like not only the song itself, but like the creation process itself. Like when you get from starting a song to the end product, like there's a lot of little decisions that happen. Like, types of drums to use the tempo like the chord progression whatever there's so many things right so you have to agree and start getting comfortable with each other creatively and honestly i think of, of all the duos and like groups i've talked to i think we overcame that challenge much quicker than others we just basically got to a point one day where we were like dude if we both don't like it let's find something better like it's two of us it's both our project i don't it doesn't matter if one of us loves the shit out of it if the other one doesn't love it like there's probably something better out there that we haven't found yet like let's keep pushing and that shit has just wildly improved our, our workflow. Also, Zach in particular has just gotten fucking really good at producing because he's been doing it since, you know, basically 10 years ago. So he it's rare that he shows me something I don't like. And then now I'm six years in and starting to make stuff that he likes. So we're, we're hitting our stride there too, which is good. Um, whereas historically, I could barely produce and Zach wasn't at the levels he is now. So there was more disagreement. So I think that helped too. So getting over that creative difference, I guess you can call it, can be a big challenge we were really good at it because we just made that agreement one day and then i think we've disagreed like twice since then and they were quick um the second one that i was gonna say i'm forgetting for some reason shit what was yours <laughs> mine, mine was just like uh oh slow yeah slow creative differences um oh yeah i remember now um i think anyone starting any business generating any idea and trying to grow it there's gonna always be doubt around that right like doubt in like your style, doubt in decision-making, stuff like that. So it's, you, yeah, and, and it happens a lot too. Like you'll be making a song and you'll be like, oh, is this good? Like, or like, am I overthinking it? And you're like, wow, I've been producing for five hours. Let me give my ear a break. So I think you need to really like be picky, but tastefully, I guess would be the right word. So like, don't get in your own head. Don't doubt every decision you make, like have confidence in yourself. And it takes a long way to get there. Like there was many years where we were just, we would doubt everything and not be sure. And there's still our little doubts that come in today that help kind of craft our direction and, um, you know, challenge us in our decision-making. But I think we're confident enough to get through it. Um, I know early on, a lot of artists have doubt. Like I have tons of friends that are very talented, but they haven't put out music in two years because they're just like, I don't think it's good enough. I don't think it's good enough. And they're like, dude, the two years of music you put out before that were phenomenal. Why would you not put out music? Like, you're a good artist, but in their head, you know, they have that doubt and it just clouds them. And, you know, it's, it's a hard challenge to overcome no matter how good you are. So I think the more you can be confident and trust yourself and honestly hate to bring up the Cal Poly slogan, but learn by doing like, <laughs> even if you're not hundred percent confident, like, you know, you may put out a song that you're not like, think, think, don't think is a hit and people love it. And you may put out a hit sometimes, or you think it's a hit, I should say. And then it kind of flops. Like, you don't really know to an extent. So you just got to believe in yourself and like trust that the decisions you made up to that point were good. And the decision you're going to make is going to be good in some way. And you're it's probably going to bring some new opportunity you didn't realize was coming. So doubt's a big challenge to overcome, I'd say, in any creative pursuit. Yeah, and we learned pretty early on, I think just to summarize that, is basically music is 
the music industry is a marathon, not a race. Like you just got to like be in it for the long haul, grind, be consistent, put stuff out, keep growing. And over time, the fans will come. Love that. Yeah. I mean, I was going to ask about resistance. You hit it pretty well there because, you know, with any creative pursuits, you're doing something that nobody has, well, you've definitely never done before, but perhaps nobody's done before, especially with music. You're literally creating new sounds. And I, I can't fathom how you actually, like when I hear these songs, like how did this like come together like this and your music and just music in general, like music makes me so happy and is, I, you know, I, music carries me through every single day and brings me so much joy. And to get kind of metaphysical here, like what is it about music that you think brings people such joy, brings people to these festivals and brings people together, fills them with so much love um, besides the drugs, you know, of course, but <laughs> what is it about music? that like um, brings us together yeah, and what can we go question. with it? It's a good question. Um, let me think for a sec. I feel like music's like one of the very few things um, in life or pretty much a lot of art, but music specifically, it's every person associates music with literally like living and also with usually very positive aspects of living. So you associate it with, you know, pre-gaming for going out with your friends. You associate it with being out at events and hearing music, going to shows, concerts, um, driving in your car on road trips, uh, going to the gym and exercising. Like you use music or people use music as a way to live. Like it's just an aspect of life that we all have. So I think, you know, it's just, it's really cool in that sense because when we make music, we're essentially just like, making fuel for people to live off of like that's kind of <laughs> what it feels like and i don't really have like a a reason like I, when we're creative and we're in the zone it's almost like think we just like try shit and it just like works it's almost like you're just like executing life and if it sounds good while you're doing it it probably someone else will probably think it sounds cool when they hear it for the first time um and as you do it more and more and just get better and better at all of the aspects of making music what you know things like the composition itself like understanding music theory and how to compose cool chord progressions that have emotional pull and how to write good melodies that people remember down to like sound design like how do we find cool unique sounds that no one's heard or things that are just familiar enough to where lots of people will like it but that are different in some way like there's just so many aspects of music as an art form that you can get really good at and that's what's so cool about electronic music and electronic music producers that have that are artists which really only became a thing pretty much right when we started getting into it like 2010 2011 that's really when it started to become this thing where like artists that people were like oh i'm gonna go see i love this artist it was just some kid in his bedroom making songs and uh you got to once that became noted as like a thing that people could do um what's really cool is like it's also so much about it is outside of the music itself like it's super creative for us about to go over our brand right to like be talking about you know the the colors that we're going to use in an album cover or you know how we want to what stuff we want to do for our nft like whatever it is like there's just brands in general that are very creative um and for music it's so open because we're essentially just creating a universe like we talk about it all the time like the science universe that we're creating for our fans um and to be in the driver's seat of that is just really rewarding and it also just like it's it's almost like therapy in itself because as i mentioned before like music is basically just like living, right? There's like, they're kind of synonymous and you're essentially just fueling your desire to live. And it just, it just feels pretty good while we're doing it. Like I honestly, like you mentioned the drugs too. Like I feel probably 
the best highs I've ever felt in my life have probably been associated with musical experiences that me and Braden were in, like whether it's performances we've had, especially more recently, or, you know, festivals we've been to with our friends. Um, it's just like, it just feels really good. It's like a natural drug. And I think we've been like chasing that ever since the first time we felt it. And it just is super strong. So you just want to keep going for it, you know? Yeah, I was going to say it attaches, music attaches itself to like memories and moments really well so like that's pretty much what zach summarized i also think music probably not every single song ever there's some weird shit that's been out there that's like makes you feel uncomfortable but i think <laughs> most of the time music makes you feel more comfortable in moments and there's different ways it does that like if you're really fucking sad you just got broken up with there's something you could throw on like adele or elenium or some shit and like you feel more comfortable in that moment you can like cope with it better at least a lot, not everyone, but a lot of people definitely experience that. But even in the positive moments, like on a long car drive, how much more fun is that drive because you're just jamming some dope tunes? Or when you're at a festival, like you're with all your friends, plus there's great music. It's like for some reason music, probably because it's firing off shit in your brain or whatever, makes you more comfortable in every moment. I remember there was like a vocal that got sent to us by Quezzy. Um, it's the song Replay. And I was, having like a, I was in like a really bad place. And he had sent us the vocal plus like piano and a little bit of guitar. So it was very minimal stuff going on. Like the song now is way more intense if you've heard it. But I was just having a bad day, bad night. I was actually kind of tipsy. And I looked at our inbox. We had the vocal from him. I listened to it. And I just sat there from like the hours of like 2 to 3 a.m. And listened to it on repeat for literally a fucking hour. And I just felt so at peace. I was like, this is such a good fucking vocal. Like I don't even care how the rest of the night went or whatever. Like this is fucking it right here. Never been more in love with the vocal, probably because of the timing, plus how good it is, plus I love Quezzy's voice, all that, all those things combined. But it's like that that moment for me personally in my music journey, like made me realize like holy shit, music can like do so much, even at like the most minimal level, just to make you more comfortable in like some of the worst situations and also some of the best ones too. So I think that's what's so powerful about music. Those are two fantastic descriptions, making you more comfortable in life, giving you fuel to live. I love both of those descriptions. And you guys talked about having this natural high performing, especially recently, some of these shows. And I love getting into the specifics. I would love to know what is it like before the show? What is it like during? How are you guys preparing? What is it like after the show? What's going on in your, in your head? Yeah. I mean, obviously we're getting more and more comfortable, I think, because we've, we've, I mean, we've went from in pre 2021, you know, like the biggest crowd we had probably played for was like, 300 people i think maybe something like that and then now we've played for like close to 2200 people so i mean that's pretty significant of a distant uh difference like you know 6x or whatever it is so i feel like when before there's definitely a moment before every show at least for me where like nerves are there but nerves are natural like performance anxiety and nerves with associated with performing it's kind of what keeps people on their toes and what brings out the best performance in a performer they actually it's like pretty famously researched that like the moment you stop getting super nervous before performances you actually the quality of your work decreases because you're more likely to make mistakes because you're just more casual whereas when you're kind of got that level of like obviously you can't be like an anxious wreck and like want to passing out but like you you know, like if you have that little bit of like, I almost think of it now, it's more just like excitement. I, I think the better word to describe it now is like, we're just excited, right? And you're ready to go up there. Um, and so that's like beforehand, it's a lot of that. More recently, a lot of our shows too, we're with a lot of friends or, or you know, family or whatever. And so we get to like, you know, hang out with them and, you know, experience the pre-show before with them, which does, I think, make things feel more real and more fun. 
Um, during the show, it's just like a, I don't know, it's, for me, it's like a wild rush of just adrenaline. Like, I'm just sweating profusely, jumping around, and just having, like, the best time. And it goes by so fast, like an hour-long set. We're actually, like, I was going to talk to Brandon because our next big show we're playing, it's a big festival. It'll be the most people we've ever played for, but our set's only 30 minutes. And I'm like, Jesus, it's going to feel like literally, like, four songs. It's just going to be, like, done. So that's a little funny. But, um... Yeah, I think like during it, it's very just like adrenaline and intense, super fun. As it's like coming towards the end, I think I start to kind of snap more back in with reality. Like, okay, like we're almost done. I kind of start to analyze how was the show, how was the experience overall. Um, and then after, it's usually just kind of like a bunch of partying with our friends and like enjoying and kind of cheersing to the moment. I think I just try to live in the moment with those shows because we really got into this because of shows. We we started science because of like the Coachella performance. I As we mentioned after Zed, like it really has been about we'll do whatever we need to do to get to the point where we can have those experiences. Um, everything else kind of was a requirement to get to there. And we're obviously still not there yet, but we're getting closer and closer. Um, you know, by the time we get to this Christmas time, we're going to be, you know, playing some big festivals with stages, not very, not, not similar to, uh, the uh, Zed performance, right? It's obviously not Coachella, but similar size crowds and um, similar vibes of like big production shows. So even uh, even that, it just feels great that we're already there. And, and I think it's uh, every day is a new day. So it's like things just evolve and change so quickly. I have no idea how we're going to feel post that show versus how we felt post, you know, the last big show we had. It's just always so different for me, at least. I think very similar. Yeah, uh, pretty much nailed it. Back in the day, there I there was one show where, for each of us, where we were like at our absolute lows for like pre-show jitters. Like <laughs> there was one time where like, I had to like take Zach outside and like just talk him down. And then there was one time where I threw up before a show because I was just like so nervous, which I never, I really never really have had an issue getting nervous. I've I've always though within basically from the ten minutes before our show to going on, I've always just been like, all right, let's just like start. Like it's more just like. There's no, we're not going to go do anything for this next 10 minutes besides sit here and wait. I hate that 10 minutes because it's just like you don't do anything. But like 30 minutes before, the hour before, you're like maybe like pre-gaming. You're like talking with people. Like you're not as focused. You don't have to be next to the stage like waiting to go on. It's more casual. I only had that one show where I like kind of like had a moment. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's like it's just that 10 minutes before where you're just like, look, I just start. Like what are we doing? Uh, during the show, definitely very much like greatest feeling of all time, in my opinion. That's what got me so hooked on when I couldn't play drums anymore, like finding anything that was similar. Because I was like, I need to do that again. That was so sick. And then I found DJing, um, which is why I was so motivated to learn it. Because performing is like the one thing in my life that I like enjoy the most over literally anything. It's just so fucking fun. And like, I can't, I, it's hard to describe. Um, you just feel like, like nothing matters. Like you like mess up a little bit and it's like, who fucking cares? Like they're all having a good time. Like it, it literally is such a cool feeling seeing other people having a fucking awesome time, making their own memories with their friends because of the shit you're doing for an hour like that. It's like full circle. Like I had so many good memories in college with all you guys, all my friends watching all these people perform. And then to now give that experience to others is like very, very surreal, very surreal and very, very just incredible. Coming out of the show for me always kind of feels like like this. It's similar feeling, in my opinion, to like 4 a.m. at a club after everyone like the lights come on, you got to leave. <laughs> it kind of feels like that to me where I kind of come off and I'm just like super dazed, but in a good way where I'm just like, holy shit. Like it kind of feels like coming out of a black hole a little bit. And then everyone like almost always like there's at least a couple people that will come surround you and like say good show or like if you're it's your friends, too, of course, they're going to be there. But even like stage people and stuff like want to talk to you and like you know, hype you up and stuff. So it's just like a lot. 
and then after about 10 minutes of that you kind of chill out and then you just like want to have a good time and like enjoy the experience with your friends or your team or whoever's there there's been a few shows where it was pretty much just me and zach that's happened too for some of those more remote shows i guess but yeah it's definitely a wild experience i i think to anyone that's motivated to get into it performing just in my opinion is the best thing ever uh that's that's what really keeps me motivated but i also know some people that don't like it and they would rather only produce music on the background and never go perform or tour so there's people like that too for sure yeah and and also shows are so different like we'll play a show at a small indoor venue and there'll be like 200 people there that is just such a different experience than playing on like a main stage at a festival with outside, right? It just, it almost feels like they're different things, even though technically it could be the exact same thing, right? Same performance, same show. So it varies a lot. And we're like still in the beginning stages, I think of our more like legitimate professional kind of more touring career. So ask us this question in like a year and I feel like it's probably going to be a completely different answer. So, um, but yeah, that's where we're at now. Yeah, boys, we'll piggybacking off of that one. Um, kind of answered it, but what does success really mean to you guys? I mean, I think as long as I have the same, like, I, I think I guess what I would describe it as is as long as you wake up every day and you don't feel like what you're doing, like you don't feel like you would be doing anything else. Like you don't, you wouldn't rather be doing something else than you're successful. Like literally like that simple. As long as I can wake up and I'm like, I'm enjoying doing this and pursuing this and it like, I go, I almost have to force myself to turn off when I'm, when it comes to science, like I have to go out of my way to like, be like, all right, you know what? You need to pause from like thinking about this, from working on it, from developing it. You need to like go do something else to distract yourself. It's, I, I, I feel like I have to, and I'm sure Brayden's the same way. Like I have to force myself to not be into it. And I think that just shows like success. Cause you're, you found the, a something that gives you that sort of energy in life which i just think is like the most powerful and fortunate circumstance you can be in to have that um so like for me we're already super successful you know there's obviously things we want to do and accomplish and like we said being able to do it 100 percent full time um it would be awesome but i don't even necessarily think that means we're su more successful i just think that means we're like more sustainable i guess long term um but i think we're already pretty successful in what we've been able to do um, but yeah, of course, and I'm assuming anyone on my team would be furious if I didn't say we want to be like the biggest, dopest household name ever so that we can, you know, continue to sh give joy with our music to like as many people forever as possible. Yeah. Answer to that is there is not one answer. There's so many different types of success. There's like in, in personal, like success, like, you know, I want to be able to do music full time. So if we can get to that point, that's awesome. There's personal success, like Zach said, it's like, I want to wake up and be excited to do it. And if I get to do it, that's a success. There's personal success where I want to be able to perform in general. If I get to do that, it's a success. I think the more of those combined is it's, it's like success should be measured almost on like a scale versus like a light switch. Like it's not like success, not success. Like it's like mm -hmm. how much success. Cause then there's other successes. Like if I have one person that messages us like, holy shit, this song like got me through a hard time. Like that's a huge success, even though it's one person, like, there may be 3 million people that hated the song for whatever reason, but if one person like got through some shit, like that's still a success. So like, it's hard to say it, but I, I think you should view it as more of a scale and pile things on and see how much it weighs at the end of the day rather than like light switch it. So, so many things, I wow. guess. Those are two epic answers. And I just love Zach, what you said about um, 
waking up in the morning and just not want to do anything else because that doesn't mean, you know, you're like pumping out the perfect song at 6am every morning and it's, it's going well. You could be like you were, like you were saying, it's, you're just kind of thinking about these problems too, but they're the best problems you could possibly have thinking about something that truly lights you up. So, but continue, please. Yeah, no, I mean, the only thing I'd say to pick that up and just like to give whoever listens is perfect in science, I'd say probably only comes across our plates like maybe like two to 5% of the time. Like I would say the majority of building what we're doing, everything from the music to the brand to the communication to how things go, perfect is very difficult. Like it happens for sure. I think there's definitely things that we do that we're like, wow, we killed that like that is just so much cooler than we even thought it could be but that's not the norm and you got to be comfortable with that because you're not no one ever has that as the norm like that's just like that's the luxury and the, the the benefit of being consistent is that you get to experience that sometimes that's like basically all you'll ever get um and that probably goes for almost anything uh but hopefully it's more than you know it's enough to be, make you excited by it for sure so as we come to the end of the episode here i just want to go back to that first time you guys met you guys are studying for the test you're meeting each other for the first time if you could go back to that moment what advice would you give your younger self <laughs> I, I i honestly like i'm a really big fan of like um sort of like not in like a super spiritual way or anything but like everything happens for a reason kind of mentality so honestly like i get this question all the time from music producers who are like if you could go back and tell yourself you know what would you do i mean there's like little things that would be like almost like giving someone lottery tickets right being like you know obviously like oh you should make you know this type of house music because it's going to be super freaking popular in like seven years or whatever but that stuff is kind of pointless i would probably all i would simply say is is like you guys should keep doing what you're doing like that's literally it i would just be like i would encourage doing naturally what we've been able to do because every decision we've made up until this point whether it was good or bad has led us to where we are and i really do believe that like it'll continue to lead us to where we're destined to be and whatever that means and i wouldn't want it any other way frankly so i tell myself to learn piano <laughs> there we go i'm kidding no, i'm kidding that was just the first thing i thought of and i was like this is stupid but like man i wish i knew piano better um yeah, Zach, I mean, that's 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 definitely the right answer. Like, there's a lot of things you could tell yourself, um, and there's a lot of little things we could have gotten better at, but, like, would that have – maybe, like, me learning piano, I would have got a huge ego and been a dick to Zach, and we would have broken up, and I would have lost my career. I don't fucking know. Like, you know, it's like you never know. So, ultimately, unless you're, like – I guess if you're really dissatisfied with where you're at, maybe there's things, like, you could have not, like – throwing your life away in three years or something, sure, but, like, we're pretty happy with where we are, and, like, we're, we're putting in a lot of work and making progress, so – I wouldn't change anything. I mean, yeah, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, it's like the I think it's called the butterfly effect or whatever. You like make one small change and then it just fucks everything up. That would definitely happen if even if it, we thought it was positive. Um, yeah. Well, you guys are quite the inspiring duo. It's been such a pleasure sitting down and just hearing that you guys are normal people facing challenges and overcoming it and having to overcome differences in opinion and all that stuff. And I love your music. I love the new EP that just came out, Bass Pop. And where can people go to find more about you? Yeah, I think probably the most um, interactive social media we have is Instagram. We're on there pretty much all day, every day. So you can DM us, you can follow us for constant updates. We've got like a really cool um, in our bio like a, that has links to all of tickets for all of our shows and merch and any new music we have. 
Um, obviously, we're on all the uh, DSPs like Spotify and SoundCloud and stuff. Um, so that's probably, I'd say like Instagram and Spotify are probably our two biggest. And then for the hardcore fans, if you really want to be involved in like a much smaller knit science focused community discord server um, for, you know, a couple hundred of our closest fans and friends in the community. Um, so that's an option and you have access to that through our Instagram. Uh, and then actually I forgot we do, we are also TikTok, avid TikTok guys. So we're, uh, we're putting up TikToks. In fact, I was just editing a TikTok right before we started this. Um, so that's a good spot to get some, you know, more funny side of us and things like that. But, um, yeah, those are, those are them. And then the last thing I'll say is if you ever have like a, more of like a long form conversation you want to have you can always email us too like we're really again as zach mentioned earlier we're super responsive even if it's like 11 40 at night like we pretty much get around to that stuff for the most part i mean what i will say too is advice to people that are reaching out to others like make sure if you're going to reach out to someone like there's like meaningful content in that like we do get a lot of dms and stuff just like yo repost my track or listen to my track and it's like you, you give, give us some context like like give us a story I, I don't know i just i don't think that works like you get so many that you can't tell if it's just spam and like they just like copied paste that to 100 people or if they actually genuinely want science's feedback I, I can't tell so like make sure you do that i think there's a lot of art in the process of networking online and i think you got to be a little more meticulous than just spamming copy and paste stuff to hundreds of people and we did the same thing I mean, when we were in college we didn't know a single person I spent hours on SoundCloud DMing people. Here's a new song. What do you think? What do you think? And like, we got like one response out of like a thousand. So I don't blame you if you do it, but I think there's ways to go about it that are better. So mm. advice, I guess. Sound advice. Sound advice. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. You know, keep doing what you're doing. You're changing the world, making a lot of people happy. Can't wait to see where you go. Yeah. Thank you guys for having us. And thank you for everyone listening, tuning in with us today. We love you guys and we'll see you next time.